Hey, everybody. Welcome to Text Request Talks, where we have conversations with business leaders about how they make things happen. Presented by Text Request, a business text messaging platform that lets you text from your office phone numbers directly on your computer or any other device, so you can stop making phone calls and start actually getting responses. I'm Kenneth Burke, and today we're talking with Matthew Sullivan, who's the Chief Operating Officer of a couple of Sylvan locations uh, around Abilene, Texas. So Matthew, thank you so much for uh, joining us today. Thanks for having me, Kenneth. I will kick it off, hopefully a pretty easy one. How did you get into this line of work? Well, it's a, a family business for us. My dad got started with Sylvan back in 2000, so 24 years ago. And uh, I grew up, I was in sixth grade when he first got into the Sylvan franchise business. So I began as a Sylvan student, uh, believe it or not. I went through Sylvan. My dad put my brother and I both through the Sylvan programs uh, when we were growing up as students. And I went through it from sixth grade all the way through the end of high school. I uh, experienced the difference personally in my own education. And uh, then when I graduated high school and graduated college, my desire was to do anything but work for dad. Uh, I, I felt like um, I wanted to be one of those guys that went out and you know, carved his own path and felt like he was independently successful and didn't get a job because dad gave him one. And so I, I moved away, uh, worked in San Antonio for a couple of years in a technology consulting company. And then uh, a couple of years in, had felt like I was just losing um, my purpose and passion in my work and began retracing my steps and realizing, uh, again, how much of a difference Sylvan had made for me, also realizing how much. I enjoy working with youth and making a difference in the lives of the youth. So I called my dad and said, hey, I'm pretty discontent. And he taught me into coming on board back in 2011. And he and I have been working together ever since. So that's uh, that's how it got started. I love that. I, I come from a, a family of CPAs. So there's kind of a family accounting firm that's had, I guess, three generations now um, and lots of people outside the family. But it's... Uh, yeah, it's interesting to see how that a, a very similar story plays over and over again. Yeah, yeah. So, my so I came on in 2011. Then my brother joined last year. My mom's also involved in the business. So, uh, all all the Sullivans do this together. Yeah, I love. So, uh, one of the few people who, when they say we're we're a, our business is like our team is like a family, you actually mean it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I love it. Uh, and then tell me a little bit about kind of the day to day for you. For so uh, COO, you know, I think I tend to think of operations as kind of where people meet process. Um, and then you you've got multiple locations that you are responsible for. So tell me a little bit about how you handle that day to day. Well, yeah. So we uh, we talk a lot about Chick Fil A in our organization. I think Chick Fil A is the model of who we aspire to be like, because it doesn't matter which Chick-fil-A you go to, you're going to get a very similar customer experience. Uh, and that's what we want for our customers. We, we want to be very unified in our approach. And uh, so we strive for a unified approach and consistency and execution. And so we believe the key to that is, is uh, identifying what processes work and then finding a way to consistently adhere to those processes. And so um, we do that in a number of different ways. We have a lot, a lot of accountability systems in, in place, a lot of checks and balances, um, because we also believe that uh, by nature, we're prone to wonder. You know, we can uh, do something right one day and then 
gradually begin to veer the wrong direction. And so we, we, we develop the processes and then we develop accountability systems to those processes. So we have lots of ongoing coaching and mentoring that takes place to make sure uh, that we're striving for consistency and uniformity in what we do. A lot of that resonates with me, especially as a marketer, somebody who's in more of a, it tends to be more of a creative position where, you know, we, we find something that works once and then we kind of just get bored of it or we just want to do something different, even though we know we need to do the same thing over and over and over again. So right. I, I appreciate that reminder. Um, talking about uniformity and then applying that to uh, kind of working with students, you know, I would imagine every student is in a different spot when they start or maybe needs a different uh, approach to help them go from A to B. And maybe I'm wrong on that. So tell me if I am. Um, but how do you kind of balance that to where you, you need custom approaches for, for education, um, but you need to keep everything consistent? That seems like a, an interesting juxtaposition. Yeah. So from a, from a, a student standpoint, everything is, is entirely personalized to each individual at Sylvan. So unlike a classroom where you've got 25 kids all doing the exact same thing at the exact same exact same time each student has their own individual curriculum based on their own individual needs so you do not really necessarily have consistency in terms of what each student is receiving in the way of instruction however the way that we deliver that instruction needs to be very similar like we don't want one teacher following one process and somebody else following something totally different uh, or from a, a director standpoint, we don't want one teacher communicating with a family one way and somebody else communicating totally different. So there's an individualization to the um, to the to the needs of each kid, but the execution of it should resemble uh, resemble itself from one student to another. How do you approach hiring for your tutors? Uh, is it is it or has everybody that works for you been a student before, just like you, or? What's the approach there? From a from a teacher's standpoint, they have to have an educational background, like they need to have experience working with students. From a director's standpoint, which is primarily who I work with, I, I pour into our directors and then our directors pour into our teachers. Um, we, we don't necessarily have to have an education background. What, they, what we look for more than anything is somebody who's coachable and moldable and, and humble. Um, because I have found over the years that you, you can teach certain skill sets you can't necessarily teach somebody to be coachable um they either have that mentality or they or they don't and so they don't necessarily have to have the the perfect experience or background or or skill set we really believe we can develop a lot of that with the proper coaching and teaching but they have to be able to be receptive to receptive to it not be a know-it-all not get defensive when they're told something that they can improve or work on and if they have that, we can sure do a lot with someone who's willing and ready to learn every single day when they come to work. So w would you say, and maybe you just did, and I, I missed it slightly, but would you say that the the soft skills in your case are often more important than, say, the hard skills of what your franchises are doing, like the, the products you provide or services you provide? Yeah, absolutely. In fact, I, I sometimes see if they have, so for instance, uh, this is, this, this business does involve sales. So I mean, like many, like many businesses do, there's a customer who's looking for a solution and they can consider a lot of different options. And I found that some of our most successful directors had no prior sales experience whatsoever, um, because they come in and they're a blank slate and they're much more 
coachable and teachable than somebody who does have 15 years of prior sales experience and is trying to tell us how to run a Sylvan versus being willing to learn us, learn from us how to run a Sylvan. So I'll take that and switch gears a little bit. I'm particularly interested as a marketer, you know, what do you do to acquire customers? What's your your main channel for doing that? Um, or is it a bunch of things that just work together? Uh, we use social media quite a bit. Uh, I mean, everybody seems to be on social media these days. So we, we use that. Uh, we also rely heavily on reputation within the community. Uh, like many other things, if you go to a good restaurant, you're likely to go tell a friend, you need to try this restaurant or a, a good movie. You're going to tell a friend, hey, you need to go see this movie. Our our customers are are largely largely come from referrals of friends, family, neighbors. They have a, a a great experience with their kid. They have an experience that that sends their kids' education a different direction. Um, I was talking to a mother just the other day, and although we are paying for social media advertising ourselves, this mother became a walking billboard. She posted on her own social media saying, "Hey, my kid got AB honor roll for the first time in five years," and and so, I mean, what what better than that than a a real life story? And then, sure enough, you have a bunch of moms chiming in. What'd you do? How'd you do it? Then you have other Sylvan parents who are friends with her, saying, "Hey, I use Sylvan too." And all of a sudden, you've got a full network of people talking about Sylvan, all from just word of mouth. And so, that's the most powerful. I mean, as a marketer, I know you guys are trying to create exactly that, and that is uh, conversations about a product or service. And some of our parents do that for us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's about the most heartwarming uh, referral process I've heard lately. I love yeah. it. Uh, going back to the the team element, some so management, effective management is is so important. Delegation is a huge part of that. And I'm curious, how do you approach delegating things to to your directors versus knowing what you need to keep for yourself to to focus on? Yeah, I would say that's this is something I've had to learn and I'm still learning because my by nature, one of my weaknesses is to control. Uh, you know, I, I can sometimes grip the wheel too tight. And so what I'm learning is the only way directors grow and the only way other people grow is to give them a chance. And they may not do it as well as you do it. They may not do it the same way you do it. And I'm learning that's not always bad. And um, and so sometimes you have to extend the rope knowing it may not get done at the same level you would because they're still learning and they're growing, but it's the only way that they're ever going to get to where you are is by having those experiences. So um, I think when it comes to delegation, for me, it's, it's, just, it's just learning to realize I can do a whole lot more when I'm not the one always doing it. And uh, it doesn't always have to be done exactly the way I would do it for it to be successful. Is there anything that's that you have done in the last, let's say the last year or so, anything that you've done that has been, um, has created an outsized impact? That, that's always a question I like, or is there anything that maybe your, your directors have led uh, that's different than what you would have done, but that really stood out as a good thing? Yeah, I, I've learned, we have a director in our, our Lubbock office, and uh, I've learned a lot from her. One of the things that we've changed recently is the way we communicate with customers, and it's come as a result of things that she does, not things that I've done. Um, so we've been working a lot on becoming much more consistent and concise and clear in our communication. Uh, we've realized, you know, parents don't need to know everything we know. Uh, they really don't. And if we talk, 
at a thousand foot level and they're at a 10 foot level, there's not going to be a connection. And so what we've tried to learn how to do is say more with less, uh, keep things simple, keep things concise, keep it in layman's terms. Uh, I mean, think about it. Uh, I always think about it from my own perspective. If I have a plumber come over or an air conditioning guy come over, I don't want to learn everything they learned in trade school. I just want to learn, can you fix my air conditioner? And that's really what a lot of parents want. They don't want to learn everything we know about education. They just want to know, can you help my kid? And the simpler we can keep that conversation, the more concise, the more we're going to hold their attention and the more uh, relatable what we're saying is going to be. So I learned that from that director. And I uh, have been changing completely the way that we uh, communicate with parents from things that I learned through her. How much communication is there? I imagine there's a, a lot of there's a lot of back and forth. Like parents, I would imagine, want to be very involved with this process. Mm-hmm. Um, and if that's true, then how do you handle that? So we meet with families every month. Um, they enroll in one of our programs, and then we meet every month to stay in communication with, hey, here's here's how your child's progressing. Here's where we're heading. Here's why you still need to continue this. Um, I, I tell our directors, we, we're like motivational coaches. You know, we're, we're trying to stay uh, committed to the plan that we're on. And a lot of times you need somebody in your corner rooting you on, cheering you on, reminding you why you're doing this. Because along the way, in any journey, you, you, fatigue sets in. Or sometimes you start seeing results and you start feeling good about yourself and you stop doing the very thing that created those results. So you need that motivational coach to keep you going. So we meet with parents every month to be that motivational coach, to keep them committed, to keep their kid committed. Um, and so. That's the type of communication we have with our with our clients. I'm curious. You talk about, or you have talked about coaching several times already here. Um, where do you go for coaching, or where do you go when you have questions or you're trying to to upskill? So I have a couple mentors that have been very significant in my life. Um, one is a guy named uh, Bob who I've been meeting with for six years, and he's. Uh, he's got a lot more gray hair than I, I always seek out the people that are older that have been down the path, uh, and have, uh, try to learn from them, uh, how they can help me learn, uh, through, through their own experiences. Another guy's a guy named Shelby that I've been meeting with for about a year. And so I just, when I meet somebody who I see, this is the kind of person I want to become more like, I always ask, Hey, would you be willing to mentor me? And that's not just from a business standpoint. That's from a spiritual standpoint, a personal standpoint. Uh, these two men mentor me, not just in my business, but in my marriage and my role as a father in my uh, relationship with God. And so, uh, it all, it all intertwines in my opinion, uh, in order to be, if you're going to be a good business leader, you also have to have a healthy home environment. Uh, you also have to be, in my opinion, have a foundation that's not just based on your work, uh, which is your spiritual life. So, those men have made a huge difference in my life, and I wouldn't be where I'm at without it, without the two of them. Uh, is there anything recently that stands out as as something you've learned through those meetings? You know, maybe it's something you've learned about business. Maybe it's something you've learned about yourself. Anything that stands out, or is it just all good? Uh, yeah, I would say one of the things that, uh, in particular, in a recent conversation I had with Shelby, so 2023 was not. Uh, our best year as a company. It was it was a year that um, was not as strong as 2022 or 2021. And and uh, he's been working with me a lot about how to respond when things are not going your way. Uh, and 
and having the, the proper response and how to focus on what you can control and what you cannot control and not what you cannot control. And so a lot of those conversations have been very helpful for me because that's, you know, that's life. Uh, it, it's how you respond when things are, are not going your way. That's the key. And so that's a, a big area of emphasis that we've had recently in our conversations. What does the next year or so look like for you then? Or do you know, is, are, you, are you in a process of figuring that out or do you have a pretty good roadmap for where things are going? Our theme for 2024 is good to great. Uh, there's a book by Jim Collins called Good to Great. And that's our theme because we had a good year in 2023. Don't get me wrong. We, it, was a, it was a good year by most people's standards, but it wasn't as good as we wanted it to be. And so we're trying to move from good to great by finding up, fine-tuning up some of our processes, by getting back to the basics of what made us successful. And, and so that's, that's the direction we're heading uh, next year is, is uh, trying, to, trying to fix the small things that will lead to big results. One of the questions I had that I wanted to ask you was, uh, are there any book recommendations you want to make? I, I know for myself, I'm a big reader. A lot of our, our listeners, our audience tend to be big readers. Um, so is, is good to great your recommendation? Is there anything else that would, that would stand out? Well, I was actually talking to my dad and brother about this beforehand. We, my, my family is a young family. I've got a two-year-old and a three-month-old. And so I said, the, the book recommendation I think I'd have is the hungry little caterpillar <laughs> i love it so anyway uh i don't get a lot of time to read unfortunately right now the only books i'm reading right now are children's books to my daughter when we're going to bed so um i can't say i have any any good books that i've read recently other than the the children's books that we read at night <laughs> hey that's probably uh more worth the time than any others yeah that's so. right <laughs> Uh, well, Matthew, this has been great. Are there any other um, recommendations you want to make for people listening? Uh, things that you've seen in your business that are really helpful uh, or just any final takeaways? I would just say, uh, you know, I've been doing Sylvan for 12 years and I feel like I've learned more in the last year than I learned in the prior 11. And it's just interesting how as you go through life, be careful to ever think that you know it all. And uh Always be humble. Always be willing to look for where can I still learn? Where can I still grow? Um, because, um, yeah, it's just there's always there's always ways that you can change and evolve. And, and I know I know people say that all the time, but it, it's it's really true. So just always be open to change. And I'm uh, I'm in the process myself of of uh, changing some different things, both in my business and my personal life in 2024. And it's it's come come through a lot of uh, adversity and setbacks, but it, those are good uh, learning tools. So, well, best of luck to you in those changes. Thank you, and yeah, and thanks for being here today. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me, Kenneth. I enjoyed it. 